One of my secrets to adulthood is that great luggage makes a huge difference to your travel experience, which is why I am obsessed with Briggs & Riley. It's extremely durable, has amazing features that make packing and getting around easier, and they have the best lifetime guarantee in the industry. So if your bag is ever broken or damaged, they will repair it free of charge, no proof of purchase needed, no questions asked, even if an airline damages your bag. Yes, and I love that they have supremely smooth, shock-absorbing wheels for easy gliding through your travels. Hot off the press, the Simpatico collection of hard-sided luggage is new and improved and just launched on Briggs-Riley.com. It has the new one-touch feature, which allows you to expand your luggage, pack it, then compress it to its original size so a carry-on can still fit in the overhead compartment, and that's just one of the new features. Available in black, navy blue, and olive green. Sarah, do I dare look at Deadline and see what they're saying about other people's pilots? Don't do it. No good can come from that. Hi, and welcome to Happier in Hollywood, the podcast about how to be happier, healthier, saner, more creative, more successful, and more productive in a backbiting, superficial, chaotic, unpredictable, fundamentally insane world. I'm Sarah Fain, a TV writer and producer living in L.A., and with me is my high school friend and writing partner, Liz. That's me, Liz Kraft. On this podcast, we talk about being writers in Hollywood, how we balance a career in friendship, and how to survive the war of attrition that is life in Los Angeles. In this episode, we're going to talk about how to remove ourselves from the spin zone, and we don't mean any of the news networks. We'll also have a Hits and Bombs retrospective What were our biggest hits and bombs of 2019? We had some of both. And this week's Hollywood hack has to do with timing. Timing is everything. But first, an update. Yes, Sarah, we have merch. Yes, and we're not going to sell it yet, but we are so excited about it that we're telling you about it anyway. We we have been searching for kind of the perfect merch item that was fun and something that people would like really use and yes. that would last, and we found it. We will soon reveal more. Stay tuned in the new year, and we hope everyone had a very happy holiday and a Merry Christmas. Yes. Okay, Sarah, it's time for From the Treadmill Desk of, in which we discuss what's most pressing in our work psyches. And this week, it's removing ourselves from the spin zone. Yes, specifically the spinning (laughs) out zone. This is prime time for people just totally spinning out all over Los Angeles because people are turning in drafts of their pilots, first drafts, second drafts, depends on where you are in the process. But people are freaking out out about how those pilots are being received, whether they're going to get picked up to pilot, just, you know, everything that is involved. And we don't just mean writers either. Yeah. I mean, this is a very um, intense time for executives and non-writing producers and directors. It's like this time determines your spring and possibly the next 10 years of your life. Yeah, if you're very lucky. (laughs) Or it determines, like, the next 10 minutes. I mean, it's really, it's worth spinning out about in in many ways. And what happens is everyone is calling everyone else for information, and they hear one little thing, 
and I'm including us in this, and it makes you think, oh my God, what does that mean? It's happening. It's not happening. It's hot. It's dead. We have no chance. It's going to happen. I mean, it just, you go all over and And it's an emotional roller coaster. Yes. We are better than we used to be about this. Yeah. I think we used to, I mean, almost chase the spin. Oh, you know yes. what I mean? We wanted to be analyzing round and round and round. And now I think we're a lot better at just sort of sitting back and waiting and just seeing what's going to happen. And realizing that being engaged in the spin, there's no positive side to it. No, because either you'll get picked up or you won't. And there's nothing that you can do to really impact that beyond writing a good script, having good relationships, all of that. But nothing in the spin zone is going to make an impact. No, not at all. I think, in general, it takes more to spin us as well. Like, we used to be people who could just spin on it. Like, one tiny drop of information would just send us reeling into the stratosphere about this or that. And I think part of it is we take a long view, too. Yes. Yes. We can't think of our career in terms of this month or next month. You really have to think of it as a decades-long proposition. And even as our listeners have pointed out, even if this script doesn't get made, it could lead to something else good. Yeah. And Sarah, one thing I'm very proud of us for, and again, I think what we're talking about applies to probably everyone and every job has some version of this. Yeah. But when we start spinning out, somebody says something, we start spinning out, we will stop ourselves. Yes. You're actually better at stopping us than I am, but I'm more on board with stopping. When you bring it up, (laughs) I'm like, oh, you're right. Never mind. Let me stop. (laughs) All of which is wonderful, but the sad truth is we can't stop other people from spinning out. So we wanted to talk about that in this segment as well. If all of us individually are doing our best at not spinning out, excellent. But we always are going to have to deal with other people who are spinning out. Um, So what can we do when people around us are freaking out over something that, like, isn't even necessarily real? Yes. It's real to them. Yes. Well, I think it really helps to remember that their spinning out has nothing to do with us. You know, it's just just like our spinning out has nothing to do with them. (laughs) You know, it's just their process. And it's what they're dealing with We don't have to take it on. Yes. Because some people, it's just, it's their personality to spin. Yes. It's how they process information. Some people get comfort from spinning. Absolutely. Like somehow that process of just totally losing it feels like calming or centering to them. I don't understand it, but I'm trying to imagine it. Well, I think for one thing, it just passes the time. You know, I mean, it engages your mind while you're waiting because the waiting can really be excruciating. Spinning feels like you're doing something productive even though you're not. It feels like you're trying, even if it's only in your own mind. That's true. And sometimes it is fun. I mean, the times that we engage in in spinning now, I feel like we do it just because, like, it can be kind of entertaining. Over lunch. Yeah, exactly. But not in a deep, traumatizing way. When people around me are spinning, this is a thing that I have been trying to do. Mm. It's a visualization. You know, we love a good vis- yeah. we love a good visualization on this podcast. So I imagine a glass cloche. What's a cloche? Okay, like it's like a thing that you put over 
uh, cheese tray uh, or, okay. you know, it's like yep. a glass dome yep. Yep. with a little handle on top and you put it over food or whatever to keep it fresh. So I imagine a human size cloche. It's clear. No one else can see it. Mm-hmm. And it fits right over the top of me. <laughs> and it like protects me from all the spinning germs that are out there. And then I just, the spinning can happen, and I am safe in my little glass cloche. And the cloche might get a little messy, Mm -hmm. but I am okay. That's amazing. So now when you're just, like, staring blankly at me, I'll know that you're in your cloche. (laughs) I'm in a cloche. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, goodness. Well, as we go into the new year, let's remember to stay steady. Yes. Let's not enter the spin zone. No spin 2020. We're talking about mottos in our next episode. Oh, yes. No spin 2020. It's an option. Listeners, you also should attempt to stay out of the spin zone, in our opinion. And we would love to know how you do that. Send us an email or a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Tell us, and we will employ your techniques because it comes up quite a lot. Liz needs her own version of a cloche. Yes. <laughs> Next up, our 2019 Hits and Bombs retrospective. But first, this break. Liz, there is nothing I love more than having a delicious meal that I didn't have to cook, which is why I have been getting no prep, no mess meals from Factor. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. Last night, I had blackened salmon with broccoli and with cauliflower rice. It was so delicious. It was the perfect dinner. Head to factormeals.com slash HIH50 and use code HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code HIH50 at factormeals.com slash HIH50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Okay, Liz, it's time for Hits and Bombs because Hollywood is all about big hits and big bombs. And this week, we're doing a retrospective of our own highlights and lowlights of 2019. Yes, we've had a few of each, I would say. Yeah, it's been a big year. It has. Well, let's start with our hits. Let's start with the positive. (laughs) Okay, good. For one thing, we hosted our first Happier in Hollywood Writers Retreat in Ojai. And we had a Happier in Hollywood meetup, and we had a question and answer session in my backyard. Yes, so it was a big, like, Happier in Hollywood event year, which was great. Yes, I give us a big hit for that because that was really a priority for us. We got a show on the air. I mean, come on. And we actually liked the show. We really did. We were very proud of it. Damn good show. It was well run. It was on budget. Yes. With a lot of wonderful, talented people. Yes. Can't complain about that. That's a hit. Yeah. Um, And then we sold two pilots. Without an agent. Yes. On our own, just using our own um, sort of career connections we built up. Yes. It's nice to know that. We can do that. Yeah, it definitely is. And we wrote those pilots. Yes. And we like them. Yes. So, hey. Lots of things we like. Okay. And then we also, on the personal side, we had some hits, Sarah. Yes. We started a new Mahjong group um, because I am determined that you're going to love Mahjong. 
You are determined that even more people will play Mahjong than already do. Yes. And I have to say, I love it. Totally yeah. love it. It's so great. Yeah. I became a vegan. Yes. And can I congratulate you because you did it with such grace. I mean, you have not had any bad moods that I've noticed since becoming a vegan. I was Certainly none related to food. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was expecting more of a transition period. Oh, yeah. It was ended up not being a very big deal. Yeah. So, um, and you've gotten me to eat vegan a lot just because it tastes good. Yeah. Every day we go out to lunch. Uh, I'm shocked. Like, the vast majority of the time you end up eating something with no meat products at all. I know. It's kind of weird. And, and great. Yeah. I support it. Good. <laughs> so I think my big personal hit, which is connected to the vegan thing, is um, that I'm kind of, you know, many years ago I contemplated moving to Asheville, North Carolina, because I kind of had this vision of what a life there would look like mm -hmm. that I really liked. Um, but you really can't be a TV writer in Asheville, North Carolina. It's difficult. Yes. Um, and I feel like this year I have kind of started started building my fantasy Asheville life here in L.A. Yes. And it is kind of amazing to watch because I didn't know all this stuff existed in L.A., but you're slowly <laughs> incorporating it into your life. So, like, tell everybody, for instance, uh, about a day you had the other day that was sort of the whole day was one long yes, hit. Yes, this was my big, long Asheville hit day. So I wrote all day as a TV writer. Um and worked on our—we uh, were working on our CBS script, and I was just like, Miss Writer, Miss mm -hmm. Writer, all day at work. Then I put apples in my dehydrator to make dehydrated apples for the next day. I went to a yarn-spinning class, which, by the way, was only like 10 minutes from my house. It's not like I had to drive to the boonies. Yeah. It was like right here in um, like Valley Village. Amazing. And then I came home. I fed my sourdough starter because I was going to make sourdough bread the next day. And I made cashew walnut milk. Insane. It was very, I have to say, very Asheville. You're like an urban homesteader, Sarah. <laughs> and I have to tell everyone that you've named your sourdough starter Maud. Yes, old-fashioned and adorable. Yes. Well, my biggest personal hit, Sarah, probably won't be a surprise to you. It's the live tour I did with Gretchen. Yes. Uh, we did 15 shows in 2019. I don't honestly know how you got through it. It was, like, so it, it was much lot. travel. and Yeah. Yeah, it was a lot just logistically. But mm -hmm. then also, you know, I had such a fear of public speaking and I feel like I really overcame it doing those 15 shows. So that is so great for me. Um, it feels like a big milestone. And oddly, it reminds me of when I did natural childbirth. Uh-huh. Um, do you remember after I did natural childbirth, I said I sort of just had more confidence? Yeah. Because I'd gotten through something that was tough for my body and because I'm not a very physical person, that mm -hmm. for me was a huge accomplishment. Yeah. That's kind of how I feel about the live tour. Knowing that I got through that fear mm -hmm. just makes me generally feel more able to do things that aren't even related to public speaking. Here's my question. When in the tour did that happen? Did it happen right away or did it take some time? Like, was it like in just a moment you realized it? What what? What was that turning point? Okay, here's what happened. You know, I always took a beta blocker before the show. That would help keep uh -huh. my hands from shaking, keep my voice from shaking. 
And what happened is we did a show, I think it was, I don't know, maybe seven shows in, and I forgot my beta blocker. And so we were at the venue, and it was time to take my beta blocker, and I didn't have it. So I was like, oh, God, I guess I just won't take it. And I didn't, and I was fine. And then seeing that I was fine, I was like, oh, I'm fine. I don't Uh, need it. Yeah. So I just realized I can do this now. And then once I told myself I can do this now, I could do it. You know, it's that self-fulfilling prophecy thing. Do you think if you hadn't forgotten your beta blocker, you would have at some point said, oh, I'm not going to take it and try this without it? Or did you need the sort of whoops? I don't know. I really don't know. Probably not. I probably would have kept taking it. Uh Maybe unconsciously I, you know, forgot it so that I wouldn't take it because I was wanting to try but too Uh scared. I don't know. But, um, But I'm glad that happened. Well, that is huge. It is so huge. Thank you. Congratulations. Now we need to take Happier in Hollywood on the road. You are now the person who gives speeches <laughs> at all uh, oh. dinners and, you oh, know. Oh, God. <laughs> all right. I nominate you. Now, let's move on to our bombs, because we had some bombs, too. Oh, yeah. Those. Well, I mean, we had a show that got canceled. <laughs> yeah. So our same show we got on the air then got canceled. That sucked. That was a bomb. Yes. Another bomb, Sarah, we have not made as much progress on our fiction podcasting as we'd hoped. I think we thought we'd be way further along. Yes, I agree. Our day job has sort of overcome yeah. that that whole venture. But, you know, we're, we are working. It's just slowly. Yes. Okay, Sarah, and then personal bombs. Yeah. My personal bomb is I did not get to where I wanted with my weight loss because I won't even go into the details because I've talked about it so much. But I started strong, then I hit a plateau, then I gained a few pounds. So I'm still down, but not as down and not where I wanted to be. So it's hard, as we all know. Yeah. Give yourself a break for the next few weeks, at least. Well, I don't want to gain any more back, so I'm saying giving give yourself an emotional break. Right. Oh, okay. I'm not saying eat everything you want. I'm just saying like release it. Yes, eat healthily, but you know, yeah, enjoy your life also, and then buckle down. Okay. You're like, no, I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm like, okay, whatever. Moving on. (laughs) Do you have a a personal bomb? Yeah, my bomb is, uh, you know, we talk a lot about how great we think therapy is and how everyone should be in therapy. I really need to go to therapy. I should have gone to therapy this year. Mm, Interesting. And I just didn't because we were busy. But, you know, both my parents died. I feel, like, weirdly untethered. Mm-hmm. And, like, a lot of things are really great in my life, but I definitely have just, like, this sort of bigger sense of, like, what am I doing? Like, what is happening? Where are, like, I feel like I'm Violet's roots, but I don't have my own roots in a weird way. Like, it's just a weird feeling. Yes. And I should be talking to a therapist about it. You absolutely <laughs> should. Um, so, anyway, so that is my bomb. I've just sort of been floating through it and like, you know, doing a lot of great things, but uh, it's going to require some like sitting. You're sort of pushing it away as opposed to moving through. Yes. Yes. So 
That will be a thing I do in 2020. Well, Sarah, on the whole, we have had more hits than bombs, which I think is about all you can hope for in That a is year. the best we can do. Yes. Because there will always be bombs. Yes. there will. Maybe I would say our motto for 2020 should be all hits, but it seems unrealistic. I, I think so, too. It sounds nice, though. We will be revealing our 2020 motto in the next episode. Yes. And also, I want to hear what our listeners' hits and bombs were, um, especially the hits, because, you know. Bombs are a drag. Yes. Unless you really want to share them. Yes. Then we're here for you. Yes. What were your hits? What happened to you this year? We want to know. So email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Next up, a Hollywood hack that suggests maybe it's okay to be a little late, but first this break. Okay, Liz, here's some quick math. The less your business spends on operations, multiple systems, delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs, you cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems, and you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. NetSuite.com slash Hollywood. Okay, Sarah, it's time for this week's Hollywood hack. Beware project fatigue. Yes. Of course, we don't have any scientific evidence to prove this, but we feel with everything in our beings that many projects suffer from being turned in to early. And this is a hard one for us because we're obligers and we believe in deadlines yes. and we hate to be late, et We want to be good students on time. We so do. But we have noticed, as we have observed um, in our career, that when you turn a project in too early, two things happen. One, everyone sort of gets tired of it. Yeah. So if a lot of people are handing things in, as happens in our business, it's like, they get tired of yours, and then something new comes, and it's like, ooh, something new to read, and it seems better than yours just because it's new. Yep, because they've been reading yours for six weeks. Yes. And now it's kind of boring. Yes. And the other thing that happens is that the project can get overworked. And I don't think this is just a Hollywood thing. I'm sure this happens in every business where projects get so overworked that they sort of almost lose an essence. Yes. From a bakery to a bank. Yes. So what we've realized is there's a lot of value in being the great thing that comes in late after they're tired of everything else. It's sort of a corollary. They don't remember late, they remember bad. Yes. They and, get bored of early. Yes. Our friend Bob Fisher um, told us that. They don't remember late, they remember bad, and we remind ourselves of it all the time. It's one of those things that, like, reverberates through your bones, and you're like, oh, my God, that is so true. And we just have to deal with our own personal, emotional discomfort with being late when it happens. Because yes. we hate being late. We have to put our producer hat on mm -hmm. as opposed to our writer hat on. Yeah. 
and just say, what is better for the project? Strategically, what is the best sort of approach to turning this in? Yes. But yeah, it's tough. It's tough. And that is it for this episode of Happier in Hollywood. For questions or comments, email us or send us a voice memo to happierinhollywood at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, and please subscribe if you haven't already. Thanks to our executive producer, the amazing Chuck Reed, and everyone at Sancola Sound. You can follow them on Instagram at Sancola Sound. Thanks to everyone at Cadence 13, and as always, thank you to Gretchen Rubin. Happier in Hollywood is part of the Onward Project. Check out the other Onward Project podcasts, Happier with Gretchen Rubin, Side Hustle School, and Do the Thing with Whole30's Melissa Urban. Get in touch. I'm on Instagram at Fain, and Liz is at Liz craft. We also have a Facebook group. Search for Happier in Hollywood on Facebook to join in on the conversation. Until next week, I'm Liz Craft. And I'm Sarah Fain. Thanks for joining us. It's a fun job. And we enjoy it. Oh, wait. Sorry. Before we go on, do we have any other work palms? <laughs> Not really. Huh? Not, really. Not really. Okay. We're just so... Yeah, what can we say? (laughs) (laughs) From the Onward Project. I don't know about you, but we're always looking for ways to get our kids involved and give back in our local community. That's why we're excited to tell you about Student Visionaries of the Year, a campaign by the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society, which is the largest nonprofit organization dedicated to creating a world without blood cancers. Student Visionaries of the Year is a seven-week philanthropic leadership development program for high school students. Participants form strong teams and fundraise in honor of a pediatric blood cancer survivor in their local community. I would love for Violet to do this program when she's in high school. This program is transformative. It not only helps students develop valuable life skills like project management, communication, financial literacy, and entrepreneurship, not to mention it looks great on college applications, but most importantly, it's also a chance for them to engage in meaningful work within their community and make a real impact on blood cancer patients and their families. You can learn more about Student Visionaries of the Year or even nominate a student at lls.org slash students. That's lls.org slash students.